Hey Coast Wizard listeners, before we begin today's episode, a quick word from our sponsor Zenler Ninjas. That's Z N L R ninjas.com for all your new Zenler needs whether it's virtual assistants or you need site migration and everything in between. Zenler Ninjas can handle it, so check them out and now let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Course Wizards podcast with Amit Aurora and Christopher Maselli. Get ready to discover the latest tools and tips on how to create, teach, and market your online training course. Now here's your hosts, Amit and Chris. Hello and welcome to Course Wizards. I'm Christopher Maselli and I'm here with my fellow Course Wizard, Amit Aurora. How are you doing today, Amit? Still wearing the same hoodie one week later because we record back to back. What's up, Chris? How are you doing? I'm glad you did. I think it livens up the podcast. I mean, I, I got a, I got a surprise for you. You may not realize this. This is episode 149. We have almost recorded 150 course episodes. Can you believe that? That's crazy. 150. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't think we'd run out of stuff to talk about. Nope. What are we talking about today, man? We're not running out of stuff to talk about. Not at all. Today, we're going to talk about how to blog the right way. Right, there is a wrong way to blog, and there's a right way to blog. There's probably a lot of wrong way to blogs, uh, but but we're going to talk about the right way to blog today. And we've got about I don't know, let's see here, five, six, seven, eight, nine points that we want to share with you because these are all things that will help make your blogging better, more effective, and more likely to be picked up by Google. Right? Yep. And Chris and I have raved about uh, News Analyzer as a platform, right? But one thing I would say from my blogging experience, and I don't know if yours is the same, Chris, is pick an SEO-friendly platform like WordPress to blog on if you want to make money out of it. If it's a yeah. hobby, then it shouldn't be <laughs> because like, you're spending time, right? You're spending hours writing a blog. Uh, there was a statistic that an average blog takes about an average blog these days is about 1400 words and takes about four hours to write. If you're wow. spending four hours, even if you're writing one blog a week, that's 20 hours or 16 hours a month. I hope it's not for hobby. And if it's for hobby, maybe think about switching it to make money and use a platform like WordPress that gives you the tools you need to get your blog ranking. Yeah, because wouldn't you want people to read what you spent all that time writing, right? I mean, it's, it's not just about sales. It's just, it's even about just making sure you're communicating. If you're spending that much time, you wanna make sure they read it. So definitely put yourself in the right place by using an SEO friendly platform. The other thing I recommend doing is making sure that you're blogging based on search intent. In other words, what are people searching Google for? What questions do they have? What answers are they looking for? And what can you provide as the answer? That's what you want to blog about. Because otherwise, again, if no one's searching for what you're writing about, then you're just writing something that's out there to yeah. fill up digital space, right? Exactly. So it, it's my biggest pet peeve when people say, hey, I ranked, I rank on position one on Google, but... Their search query is how to walk your dog wearing blue suede shoes and a red leather jacket. 
no one's searching for that shit. Like no one cares about that other than you. So if you write and blog about something like that, no one's reading it. Yeah, but if someone exactly right. uh, to your like I love that you always use the walking dog analogy, right? Or something to do with dogs. If people are searching what's the most effective way to walk my dog, then you should search that. And there are so many keyword research tools. Uber Suggest is my new favorite. It's free. I, I'm on the paid platform, but they do have a free version of it. You can use Google Keyword Planner. Uh, you can use, use SEMrush, uh, Moz, or any of the keyword research tools out there. Do your research instead of just throwing spaghetti on the wall and thinking that this is what people are searching for. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And how do you know what people are searching for? And I think that's point number three, isn't it? Yep. So do some keyword research, right? Not just about what people are searching for. Uh, one of the keyword uh, tool I use is called Keyword Everywhere. And what it does is when every time you do a Google search, if you install this Chrome extension, it will show you what's the search volume. Mm -hmm. So same thing with Uber suggest. What's the search volume? Uh, the my latest favorite is Rank IQ. Rank IQ not only search, shows you like you can search for any niche in there, and if your niche isn't in there, you can request for. And we actually covered this in our last episode from Brandon Gailey. So it's yeah. a tool by him. So you can request that. Hey Brandon, I don't see my topic in here. Can you please? Add my topic in here, and he'll go and do that. Now, what Rank IQ does is it gives you topics, and it'll show you a score between one and thirty. And the lower the score, the easier it is to rank on that topic. So, for example, one of the topics is can my dog eat mulberry? Mulberry is a fruit. Uh, now, I want to talk write about it. I would never know in a million years to rock, write about this. But Rank IQ tells me not only can you write about this, you can rank fast writing about it and how many people are searching for it per year. It doesn't wow. show you like monthly searches. It shows you predicted annual visits. So if a keyword or a phrase like that is getting 10,000 visits per year, you can break it down to maybe like four to 500 visits a month. And then you decide, is this something worth writing about? I don't want to write about four or five hours of my writing about something that's not getting more than 500 visits a month because that's useless to me. Yeah, that's right. And and is it something that points people to something larger, points them to your course, points them to a PDF download, as we were talking last episode about lead magnets, that sort of thing. Um, uh, so you, you, you want to look at that. And next, are you blogging about the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, or the bottom of the funnel? Okay, so if you think about your funnel, it's at the top is where people come in, okay? So this is all the light stuff, right? This is the stuff that introduces them to your topic. Is that what you're blogging about? Or are you trying to get people in the middle and you're wanting them to convert and, and, and to get them involved in what you're doing? Or is it the bottom of the funnel, maybe where you're trying to keep them because they've already converted, but you're wanting to make sure they're continually activated? That's yep. the kind of thing. So what are you blogging about? You have to figure out where, what are you blogging about each time you blog? Top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. The idea here goes back to what I mentioned in my last point, which is that everything has to have intention, right? 
has to be search intent, has to be writing intent. And and a good example for our listeners and viewers, now that we're on YouTube, is tofu, mofu, bofu, right? Top, top yeah. of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel is, top of the funnel is something like best vacuum cleaners. Mm-hmm. Middle of the funnel is best vacuum cleaners for hardwood floors. Yes. Right. So now, now you've narrowed it down. Narrow bottom down. of the, f- the funnel's yeah. getting tighter. Yeah. Bottom of the funnel is Dyson V10 vacuum cleaner. That's like buying intent right there. Like, yes. I'm yes. going to buy the Dyson V10, and I'm going to search for that. Yeah. So, that's good. our listeners or our viewers need to know. What exactly are, where do you fit in? Now, mine is, uh, to give you a real life example, mine is newsletter pricing and newsletter review. These are the two that are my keywords that I want to latch on to. And those are both middle to bottom of the funnel. If someone is wants to read a review of newsletter or is looking for pricing, they want to buy. And that's yeah. why they're looking for that. Exactly. So, Continuing that, my next one is use tables to rank better in Google. Now, there is one uh, one tool that I use that I bought from AppSumo, Chris. I think it's uh, WP, yeah, WP Data Tables. And what it does, it's pretty cool, is you can create a table in a Google Sheet and link it to your WP Data Table uh, plugin in WordPress. Uh, so WordPress plugin will ask you, what's your Google Sheet URL? Mm-hmm. You publish your Google Sheet, give it that URL, and then it displays that Google Sheet as a table in WordPress. So then it gives you a short code. You take that short code and add it to your WordPress blog. What's cool is Google can see that table structure and understand it and show it in their schema as a table. And a perfect example of this we were talking about earlier was New Zealand pricing, Kajabi pricing, or uh, let's say what are the different velocities of different bullets from 0.5 mm bullet to all the way. I, I don't even know what bullets velocities are, but like if you were writing about shooting and bullets and stuff, you would create a table. So create tables because that tells Google that, okay, this table is much easier for a viewer to consume than 20 paragraphs showing each and every different pricing option. Yeah, Google loves that. So definitely, definitely use tables. Anything you can do to help Google see that you've really got good information always helps. And and for our listeners, if they want to see a real life example, just Google news and pricing, and you will see that in the top three or five results, you will see my table from getnzlr.com, which is the pricing table. Mm-hmm. And that Google is favoring that because no one else has a pricing table on New Zealand. Watch yeah, our yeah. listeners and viewers going and creating one now. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, until this episode, when some user says, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to take that table of bullets and shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the next one? All right. So that next is you, Chris. Oh, okay. Oh, actually, I'm going to talk about this because actually I have my name on it. So make small snippets of paragraph bold. Now, I never knew about this, Chris, but you have searched for things and you've seen the results zero, right? Rank zero, which is just that small snippet. Hey, Google, what's the color of the sun? And when you Google that, 
you will get one paragraph which says the color of the sun is yellow, but some people call it orange or whatever. That is when Google takes your specific snippet and what you need to do and what our listeners and readers need to do is, or listeners or viewers is, think about when you're writing a blog post, try to break it down into seven, eight different possible search intent topics. Mm-hmm. Walking a dog. What's the best time to walk a dog? And make that paragraph bold. So Google on the back end sees that HTML tag of strong. And it'll see, okay, these three sentences are between this tag strong. And they actually make sense because Google's robots or their AI understands it. And then they would actually display that as result zero, which would be the featured snippet result. And stealing that featured snippet result is like a big win. Yeah, that's good. Now, in line with that, you can do the same type of thing with images. Okay, but in images, you don't bold them. What you do is you write alt text. Okay, that's text that would show up if you, if you, um, uh, if like let's say let's say you have uh, sight your sight link impaired and are you using a browser like Internet Explorer? Are you using a browser like Internet Explorer something and you just want to see the words right? You want to have the words or you want to have them read to you? You can put text in an image to say, hey, have this text show up instead. Well, this is called alt text. In other words, in instead of the image alternatively use this text well these words that are in your alt text google uses those to figure out how important the image is but also what the article is about so on that article where you're talking about dog walking if you have five points to that every one of those should have a picture that goes with it probably right and every picture could have one of those points the keywords of those points in the alt text of that picture. By doing that, it's almost like you're writing the article twice for Google, right? They see the text, but then they also see it from the image standpoint, that the images also support those same five points. And they're gonna give you a lot of great juice for that. Yep. So I think the example I posted here, right, Chris, is let's say your blog title is 22 ways to create a Pinterest post. Mm-hmm and you have 22 different images for each way. Your first image, let's say, is, uh, I put here an example, using royalty-free images. So your alt text for that image number one would be royalty-free images. And then Google can read that because Google bots cannot read images, they can read the alt text. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Now, the next one that I have, Chris, is this seems so simple, and I never thought about this in a million years till I heard about it on a podcast is, um, I think it was like buying online businesses podcast or something. Having more paragraph spacing in your blog. I'm like, why does that matter? So this is a domino effect. If you have more paragraph spacing or more line spacing in your blog, that means even if your blog is 12 to 1500 words or 2000 words, it's going to be longer, which means the viewer has to scroll more, which means they have to spend more time on site. And that more time on site is what Google sees. Google (laughs) sees time on site and they see, oh, 
this person is spending two extra seconds on site. And genius, right? Because your page has got longer because you have more spacing in line and in paragraph. That's so funny. simple. But you never in a million years I would think about difference. this. Yeah, you wouldn't think it'd make a huge difference. But again, just a few percentage points of difference, 5% more means you're beating your competition by 5%. Yep. And think about it this way. If you can add two seconds per reader to your blog post, and let's say your blog post gets 1,000 visits a month, right? That's yeah. 2,000 seconds. That's extra reading time. And... I need to look at my calculator for this. 2,000 divided by, what is that, 60? That's 33 extra minutes. Someone is reading every single month by you not adding any content. You're just increasing line spacing, which is just bonkers. That's what a lot of these are. You know, this is similar when we uh, talked last week and we were talking about the eight tips to grow your email list and every one of those tips had, you know, it would increase your email opens by 10%, 20%. It's kind of the same thing with this. Just by using alt text images, by doing some keyword research, by increasing your text length, you're increasing that readability by just a few percentage points each time. And it makes a huge, huge difference. And the last thing you can do is you can also use a table of contents and frequently asked questions, FAQs. Both of those are things that, again, Google really likes. It likes the organization. It likes to see where you're going with things. It likes to see that you have got questions and you've got answers. Anything you can do like that to give Google a hand up in what it's looking for is going to put you a little bit above your competition. Yep. And for you and I, Chris, it's so easy. We drag and drop the table of contents. Right. We drag and drop the FAQ. Now what's cool and what happens in the back end in WordPress is every time you drag and drop one of these objects or these elements, it creates a schema for Google to look at. So a table of content schema, an FAQ schema, and I use a, a WordPress plugin called Rank Math and Rank Math has a own FAQ. So all of this tells Google what is on your page. So there are ways, there are more advanced ways to for you to put your page URL into Google Search Console and see how the HTML markup shows up. But you should have that FAQ markup on almost all of your blog posts. Almost a table of contents should be every single blog post where you're using the, we didn't put this in our show notes or in our topics to talk, but you should have the right headings, right? Only one H1s, H2s should be sprinkled, H3s should be sprinkled so people can skim your blog post and not read every single big paragraph. But yeah, using table of contents and FAQs is like just another cherry on top and all these little incremental things add up to how to blog the right way. Yeah, and if you think this sounds like it's getting technical, just remember these are all very simple things you could do. You don't have to know any of the technical side of this. Just know that when you blog, be sure to make it purposeful and be sure to give Google as much help as you possibly can. Amit, you want to take 60 seconds and give us a quick run through again? Yeah, let's do a recap. So first is use a SEO-friendly 
uh, platform like WordPress, Ghost is another one. Um, make sure you're blogging on search intent. So you're not blogging random things like <laughs> walking a dog with a red shoe and a blue little jacket or something. <laughs> Do some keyword research using tools like Ubersuggest, SEMrush, Moz. Uh, there's so many tools out there. Just Google keyword research tools. Um, remember what you're blogging about. Is it top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel? And then do your headline and your blog based on that. Um, use tables to rank better in Google, like newsletter pricing table, uh, bullet pricing table on different bullet sizes and their velocity, etc. Um, make small snippets of paragraphs bold so Google can use them as result zero. Make sure to add alt text to images. Keep your paragraph length long or your line spacing bigger so people have to scroll more, which is more time on site. And then finally, use table of contents and FAQs where applicable. That's great. I'll tell you, here's your challenge today. I recommend you go back through this list that Amit just read off. Write those points down. Make yourself a checklist. And next time you're going to go write a blog, make sure you include everything. It will make that blog perform better, guaranteed, than it would have without it. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode of the Course Wizards podcast, we ask that you please rate, review, subscribe, and share it with someone else that you think might like it because that's how people find it. And we want people to find it because we have great information out here for you guys. It, it charges us up when we know that you are enjoying the podcast. And if you have any questions at all about courses, we'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and let us know. Until next time, this is the Course Wizards saying... <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Course Wizards podcast with Amit Aurora and Christopher Maselli. Get a free PDF of their favorite online training resources, as well as notes from this podcast at CourseWizards.com. Hey, Course Creator, this is Chris from Course Wizards, and I recently recorded a training that you're going to love if you're into writing. It's called Apps for Authors. In it, I share 10 apps that will save you time when it comes to productivity and plotting, writing, editing, formatting, and marketing your next book. And because you're a listener of the Course Wizards podcast, I'm making it available to you for free. Grab it at writing.fyi apps. That's writing.fyi apps.